We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Good morning. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball Group Therapy. It is 12.45 a.m. on Wednesday, January 11th. Thank you so much for joining me on this preposterously late episode of Mavs Moneyball's Group Therapy. And the Dallas Mavericks just just lost to the Clippers in 113-101. to 101. It was a... a you know, not not a shocking game. The Clippers would lost six in a row. Kawhi Leonard came out and played really good basketball, and the Dallas Mavericks once again look like a team a day late, a dollar short. Uh, they just don't really have the horses right now, and they, you know, when when you don't have good enough players and you don't have really great strategy on top of of you know your your uh, kind of talent deficiencies things start to catch up with you uh you know like Derek Harper went on this wildly weird he did like four times sort of like disparaging Kawhi who just ate the Mavericks lunch now I've talked about this you know I wrote this in the recap I talked about this in the first podcast I just did the Mavericks doubling of Kawhi Leonard is for as much as they did it, not the attempt. I get trying because sometimes you just want to see if a strategy will work, if it'll fluster a guy. The Mavericks double teaming of Kawhi Leonard for as much as they did it is up there with some of the worst tactical decision-making that this team has and this coaching staff opted to go with in a long time. Um, the Clippers are an awful offensive team. It's it's quiet because you know the Lakers' problems are bigger, but the the Clippers are a mess. They do not have an offense. We complain about not having an offense. You know, according to Cleaning the Glass, the Dallas Mavericks half court offense might be the best offense of the last twenty years. That's how fucking good Luka Doncic is. 
the Clippers are a mess. So the decision to send a second guy at Kawhi who made a basic pass out of it and then have your backline defender as Christian Wood as your final line of defense as Tim Hardaway and Jaden Hardy and other people are basically swarming to play uh, four-on-three basketball is bad coaching. It's it's to stick with it that much. The decision, I'm going to reiterate this, the decision was fine. Because you always want to try stuff, you know. We don't. You you double Luke Luca because it's the best defense you can do, and hope that it works. And obviously, it worked against the, the Mavericks tonight because the Mavericks didn't really do anything to to stop it. But to go to it for almost that entire stretch in the second quarter when the game went from being down eight to being down twenty two, and then to do it again in the fourth quarter is is borderline coaching malpractice. And Kidd was a little persnickety post-game, basically implying that the Mavericks needed to execute the game plan more. No, you need to look at the team you have, okay? Davis Bertans did a better job in single coverage in the third quarter on, on Kawhi than the Mavericks double-teaming. Like, this... I, I, I always say basketball is simple, but hard to master. And sometimes I feel insane when I watch professionals try stuff that we know isn't going to work. Okay, I am just rambling. You guys are here talking. Let's uh, let's bring up some people. Let's let's speak. You know, I'll let you guys speak your piece, and then we can just go to bed uh, because we got to play the Lakers on Thursday. So Krishna is the only one who's put in a request. But if the rest of you, if anybody else wants to come say anything, let's let's chat it out. Krishna, what's up, man? Kirk, um, how are you? Okay, I'm tired. Still got a lot of work to do. Josh. Uh, we give Josh the night off tonight because he wasn't feeling the best. And uh, that means I got to, I got to, I wrote, then I got to edit, then I got to edit some more stuff, and then I got to edit two podcasts. So I'm going to be up to like four in the morning. Man, yeah, um, it's fine. I saw that tweet. I feel, I'm sorry. No, you. don't feel um, bad for me. I choose to do this. I'm a dumbass. <laughs> but uh, this was the perfect Josh game, right? Josh Bone game. The Mavs don't make threes, they look like a lottery team. Mavs hit threes there, finals contender. It's been that simple um, all season long. And, you know, I thought it had gotten to the point where the team was maybe making smart decisions in terms of the strategy, but this was clear. Like you said, this is a coaching error. There's Well, uh, that was a coaching error, like sticking with it. It, It's that was my, yeah, but you know, because like everything, it's like Luca good. Okay. That was the, then that was their strategy. Yeah, and, and and I mean, but it, it's frustrating because you know, I you know I've already seen it on Twitter like, oh, Luca is going to stat pad. It's like no, the the guy was trying to put the team up. Like you know, there's the other thing where the Mavs had twenty three in the fourth. Point, yeah, send, twenty after the were, games, or send me some stat padding stuff. I'll quote tweet dipshits tonight. I'm 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 in a like I'm, I'm in a fuck around and find out mood. It's it's so bad. Like I I don't understand it. Um, he had 20 of the 23 points. They brought the game down to single digits at one point. Like, nope. you can't t- sit here and tell me the guy. Like, yeah, he was bad in the first half. I'm not going to. Yeah, he was one of five to start he the was, game, and the first half was brutal. He was actually atrocious. But then you pile that on top of Tim Hardaway Jr. just didn't take any shots. What happened? Half. What was that? That was the most puzzling thing ever. And you opened the fourth quarter with four shots in a row. That were actually atrocious. Yeah. Uh, from Davis and, and Reggie. Like they were literally atrocious. Yeah. Um, 
and you combine those things with a really bad defensive plan. Like it, it made no sense at all. Uh, you, you, like you said, this team was bottom in terms of offensive rating, just offense in general, and you're letting them do whatever they want. And it, it made absolutely no sense. Uh, especially you let, just let Kawhi beat you. Like Kawhi is a great player. I'm not going to sit here and not say that, but Kawhi has not been good. He's a reduced He's, player. Harp. The one good point Harp made was when he said Kawhi would have dunked one of those and ones that he got in years past, and he's right. So it's like if if you're letting Luca, you know, if you if you're you want to treat Kawhi like we treated Steve Nash in that one playoff series a billion years ago, that's fine. You just try that. Like I, maybe they try that next time they play the Clippers two more times in the next uh, month. Sure, I mean maybe, but it's I, I don't know. Like uh, it's it's very puzzling because if it was Paul George, I don't think they would have done. It would have been different because Paul George. Maybe, but also in that game, I think back to the first Clipper game, you still had Dorian, you had Maxie, and you had Josh. Like, it, just because you put the same plan that worked previously, it you have to also think about the personnel. And it feels like Kid puts on the blinders, writes down a defensive game plan, and goes, oh, just go execute. Well, yeah, of course, in a perfect world, your players execute the perfect game plan. But you have to think about the personnel around you, right? And there's clearly a lack of thought behind the personnel. And and that's reflected a lot this season in the offense. But the defense has been something that I think we've kind of ignored. And it's clear. The, the scheme is not – it doesn't make any sense with the personnel you have on the floor right now at all times. I, I'm loath to criticize – I'm, I'm criticizing this one strategy like mad because it was obvious that it didn't work. I also don't think anything would work. There's they have been so bad defensively since Maxi went out. And is that a, is that a shock to any of us? I don't think so. And so it's like, I'm, I'm struggling with the reconciling things that are their fault and things that aren't their fault because Josh and Dorian are going to help but it's not going to help that much. I agree with you. I, I, I agree with you. Maxi is far more important on the defensive end than I think anyone can really understand, or, you know, you can put it into numbers, but like, okay, you, you need to understand you don't have the same personnel, right? Like you would think, okay, you, you do the trapping, right? You do it on the first few plays of the game. Yeah. It doesn't work. Guys are getting open drives to the basket. Guys are getting open shots. I mean, heck, there was a point in this game where Terrence Mann made two three-pointers in a row. Right. Terrence Mann should not be making two three-pointers in a row on you. Yep. Ever. Yeah. Um, and and at that's that's the point where you got to go, we can't trap anymore. Yep. Like, you, you cannot. You, They've but been they playing, kept doing it. That's the thing that I don't understand. They had been playing very conservative defense during the win streak drop coverages, all sorts of stuff because it's, it's the best it's conservative, but it's like stuff you live with and the, like to get, cr- it's one thing to be a bad defensive rebounding team. Cause we know that already. And it's something else entirely to, you know, they gave up 15 first half, second chance points. They did much better in the third quarter and fourth quarter. They did better right up until the, the um, like Luca brought it within six and then they got an offensive rebound because Tim doesn't, fucking pay attention 
And then all of a sudden it was, I want to say it was like 107 to 98 at that point. I can't remember exactly. And then the game was just over at that point. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, it was just mistake after mistake, whether it was the coaching staff, whether it was the players, there's clearly just mistakes in this team. And, you know, the article that Josh wrote earlier in the season that this team is the perfect um, discourse, team. Media, yeah. discourse team, just the perfect media machine that's right. for Mass fans. I mean, that's what it is. And listen, I, I don't want to down, like put a, like a downpour anyone. I, I don't, the Tim Hardaway stuff, like the trading, the trade stuff. It's so obvious to me what that is. That's clearly just cap. Like, it is clearly just a clear cap, and it's not going to affect the salary cap. It's to well, keep it's, the it's team fantastic because Karis Levert shit the bed for the Cavs tonight and lost them the game. So it's at the moment it might be like an, a hilariously ideal trade for both teams, just based on the fact that everybody is by and large sick of the respective player for their respective teams. <laughs> sure, but I'm also like I, I don't want to be trading for players that are closer to 30 and are injury prone for cap space. Because here's the thing. I I know where this is all going to lead. This is all going to lead to 2025. And Mark Cuban is going to say, we're going to go all in. And Nika Harrison is going to say, we we got a seat at the table. Yeah. Your seat (laughs) at the table is for guys like Isaiah Todd to sign a a four-year deal. And then he doesn't shoot well from three. He goes third. He goes 25% from three for the next 20 games. And then you got to trade him out to Philly. Like, that's where this team is going to be in 2025 because you think cap space works. I mean, teams sign extensions. Like, do you not realize that players sign extensions? Like, I I don't understand. Like, if you take a flyer on a young guy, right, I can understand that. But I I cannot see this team go after 30-year-olds, chase uh, injury-prone players, do these kinds of things that are self-detrimental. And it's not just one person. It, it starts from the top and it goes all the way down to every single level. And it's, it's just frustrating. In these I still don't know if they're going for cap space. I just think at this point, they're probably looking to rearrange some of the chairs on the Titanic to see what they can do because I don't know. I don't, I like, I would, Timmy is, it's funny. Timmy is probably one of my favorite Mavs, but I want, I'm to the point where I want to remember him fondly. <laughs> I don't want to watch him anymore. I mean, I agree with you, right? Like, I've never been, even when Timmy signed the new contract, I've never been the guy who completely hated on Timmy. Like, he he has his limitations, and that is very clear. And, you know, we're kind of seeing it in Indiana. Rick kind of does so well with players who have their limitations because he can somehow trick them to think that, hey, just do this one thing, and that's it. And then they go, oh, and then they do one thing and then they look great. Um, and so it's, it's, I agree. I do think Timmy has to be traded, but I don't want players to be traded. And then we just go, oh, we have, we have cap space. Like, I, I feel like you need to get something tangible back. You know, there's that great stat. It's been since 2004, the Mavericks have gotten a first round pick. You think, you think you could get a first round pick in, in what? 18 years 19 years um you would think so and uh, yeah maybe tim is not necessarily the guy to go get a first round pick for but it it puzzles me and it baffles me the kind of stuff that 
this Mavericks team, or essentially Mark Cuban thinks this team can be. And look, you, when you make your own bed, you can't get mad about it. This is the bed the Mavericks have made over the past few years, and that's what it is. And I, I'm not going to completely overreact, say that the season's down the drain or the gutter, but this is what's going to happen. The team is probably going to be fine against very bad teams when Luka plays. And it's going to struggle when they make uh, ga- they make choices in-game that make no sense. And I, I don't know. I mean, it's just the, it's the, it's the perfect discourse team forever. And, That's right. And there's nothing else to add. Uh, All right, man. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks, man. Have a good night. All right. Good morning. Algis, how you doing? Good morning, Kirk. How are you? Why are you still up after this great game from the mouse? I'm an idiot. There's no other explanation for me. Being no, you're great. We are happy. We are happy to have you. You're great. Especially us overseas fans. Just a couple of points maybe to, to show my respect to you and your crew for doing a great job uh, following the, the, the Mavericks. Uh, do you remember the uh, fourth quarter uh, scoring for the Mavs? Luca 20 points and Nilikina 3 points. 23 points. I mean, I mean, Luca and Frank, the backcourt of the future. Yes. No, you, you know, the, the MVP discussion, which uh, MVP candidate can boast to have such a strong supporting cast like Luca had? It's weird. It's weird because, you know, we watched, obviously, we watched Jokic kind of get away with, I think his cast might have been worse, but he plays a different style game. But I, I always waffle on this because I, I, when you, when you're missing Josh and Dorian, I just don't have high expectations. I really, I I am curious as to why Tim stopped shooting. That was Mm -hmm. very peculiar. Yeah, I think that the what it comes down to every time is the roster mm-hmm. construction, you know. I'm a bit like Luca, I don't watch a lot of NBA games outside of outside of Mavs and I really trusted the front office when they told me in the off season that McGee will help us rebound and protect the rim and all of that and that he is our biggest off season signing. And now he barely plays. And Christian Wood, uh, who was, you know, will take him and see if it works, now has to be a, a, a combination of Tim Duncan and Hakeem Olajuwon that we have a chance to, to beat uh, a solid uh, team. This is, this is, I think, at the end, the, where we, uh, what's the problem with, with the team? And when, you, when you're missing three of your four best defenders, especially Maxi, you know, then this is what it is. But still, if the Mavs now need to outscore their opponents, this is the strategy strategy because there is no other strategy possible. Yeah. Uh, when you don't score, <laughs> that's, a, that's a problem because, as you said, uh, the Clippers are a bad offensive team and they still outscored us. And they have one really good player in Kawhi and Kawhi got 33 points and we still lost. Although we doubled him for half of the game, it was so like an easy thirty-three points yeah. for him too. Like they all just happened, and the the part that and you know I'm always very reluctant. I'm reluctant to to criticize two players. First, I'm very reluctant to really criticize Christian Wood. I'm also reluctant to criticize Jaden Hardy. I'm reluctant to criticize Wood because there's a pretty massive fan base of people that think he is the business. I don't think he's bad. I just think that it's like 
if we're arguing over him, then the Mavericks have lost the thread. Then the, the Hardy stuff was interesting because it's like, he was a plus 15 despite being one of six, which is, you know, that just goes to show you what, you know, the plus minus stats game to game are sometimes not that effective. But I liked what Hardy was doing. He's driving, he's trying. The process was good. The results were mm-hmm. bad. And that, you know, that happens sometimes. But the Mavericks cannot play Hardy and need Hardy to do stuff to win games. If you need Hardy, then once again, the threat is lost. Like that's, that's not going to be a successful recipe. And, 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 you know, I like the kid as much as anybody. He's a small basketball player. Terrence, Terrence Mann made him look mm-hmm. small. He is not, I, I, he has a big wingspan. Kind of tired of people telling me that he's this like 6'4 guy. No, he's about 6'2, maybe 6'3. It's fine. That's fine. You can still play. It's just, it's, it's he's not going to be the, the white knight riding in. We, our expectations are does he get minutes? And is the process good? I loved how relentlessly he drove, but he also got stripped like three times. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think you're right. His uh, his last name is Hardy, but he also plays hard. Sometimes I have a feeling, you know, when the Mavs play other teams that are uh, deprived of their best players, the supporting cast they play hard. Maybe they're not as good. Obviously, they're not as good as their right. best players, but I have a feeling that they play hard. That they try to make a difference. Sure. And sometimes with the Mavs, I have a feeling that there are not a lot of players on the roster that really try to play hard. Luca plays hard most of the time, uh, except when he doesn't. But outside of Luca, who is the, the biggest, you know, dog on our team? Who is the guy who will make a hard foul, who will go for the rebound, who will sure. play hard? I don't sure. see players Powell. like that. And Powell was hurt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for uh, spending part of your morning with us. Yeah, no problem. Right, Thanks to you. All right. So last but not least, I think it's last. Yeah. Jason Gallagher. How are we doing, buddy? Hi What's there, up? Kirk. How are you? Dragon ass. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's late. It's late, brother. What's going on? I uh so so, you know, I'm sure this has been discussed, but I think I think uh, I went to the game against Oklahoma City without Luca, and it really was just a sight to behold how truly lost the Mavs are without him. And yep. especially, it, it and it's always been very, very glaring. But like that was a game where you're like, oh, that's where you missed Brunson. Mm. Like you know what I mean? Like the they secondary. Don't have an offense. Yeah, they have zero secondary playmakers, yeah. and with the Mavs who have built their entire roster around. Are the shots falling? Are the shots not falling? When the shots don't fall and you have no, nothing else, then it, like Luca double teamed and shots aren't falling, then you have no third option. You have no third lever, like none. Dinwiddie is not a playmaker. He's not. I watched him the other night. And I, what I found to be fascinating about him is that he he actually tries to play at the same pace as Luca. Yep. But it's like his mind isn't as fast as Luke. It's not even close. And who's is, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a tall task for sure. There was a moment in that Oklahoma City game, I was sitting fairly close, uh, not to be bragging, but I was sitting very close to the court. And I was like, there was a moment in which Dinwiddie passed the ball to Dwight Powell. And no, there's zero movement with the ball. And Kid just screams, do something. He just screams that. 
And it's what you felt, but it's not what you wanted to hear from the head coach. And it's a little bit of like this Brunson thing, maybe he's not their answer, but I don't know with the West as open as he, as it was, I, I really do feel like not having that third lever it, it it can't be a big like not having that third lever is really really going to hurt Dallas. Oh yeah, it's, like it's, get, it, it's it's catching up with them. It's really going to catch up with them, and I mean we've talked about the glass half full podcast that we're someday going to do. Um, I just you know right now the glass half full is that we're streaky as hell, so we can be on anytime, like anytime. Yeah. And the West, I don't have faith in like a single team. Not a single one besides maybe Denver. And even then I like, I'd roll the dice. You know what I mean? So it's like, uh, those are the two big positives. And obviously we have the best player in the West, in my opinion, my humble opinion. So it's like, it's like, um, I don't know, man. A, a part of me wants, like there, I live in two thoughts where I want, I want Dallas to go far. Ultimately that's what sports is about. I want, you know, I, but like, if they go far, it's simply because of a luck and b Luca bailing out a lot of really shit decisions. Did, which broadcast uh, did you watch tonight? I had to switch back and forth because the Mavs broadcast, God love them. I, I like, I actually found the Clippers broadcast. Be oh, Jim Jackson is a gem. Jim Jackson. Yeah, I found it to great. be very palatable yeah. and like even keeled. Um, so well, the, I mean, the I love the Mavs broadcast, but like the Homer shit Same. sometimes Same. drives me nuts. Where it's like the Mavs are down twenty and follows like, oh my god, it's like okay, let's just take a nap here. Yeah, I mean that that exactly. And so, uh, so I well, I switched it to the so Clippers, the, the uh, you telling the kid thing made me laugh because Harper at one point goes, look at Jason Kidd always coaching these players, and the first thought that went through my head is that's his fucking job. <laughs> Like, why do we give awards for people doing their job? It's a it's a really weird thing. It's like it, it sucks because like they're so again like th- there's a decent chance that the maps can go far. In the yeah, like I, I don't yeah, rule the right that breaks out, absolutely right breaks everything like that. But like it's really hard to assess blame to one person. It's like, uh, what's that guy in Andor that did you watch? You watched Andor, right? The guy who was talking about how the way the empire works is that they throw so many things at you that you actually start to get numb to all of it. Like that's kind of how it feels a little bit where it's like between roster construction. I mean, I texted you tonight. It's like, it's like Maxi's out, pals out, but you know, screw it. Let's throw Bertans in to start the second half. And Oh, by the way, (laughs) <laughs> like now he's out let's have Luca be our center and it's like okay so that that's that's what happened to our our free like a, the possibly the biggest acquisition in our free agency is like not even the fifth best big option fourth best big option like it's a it's a really bleak situation there so it's like roster construction bad i want it's really 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 easy to put the blame on kid but at the same time it's like what uh, offensively what uh, what plays are they supposed to be doing the guys aren't hitting shots you know what i mean like really easy to uh place blame in a lot of different directions so you don't actually know where to put it and so you just hope that this singular superstar can bail out a ton of bad decisions, but right now there's literally no secondary playmaker 
And it's not the lack of shooting that's the problem, in my opinion, because these guys can hit shots. But it's when you need somebody to take over when Luka is being doubled, when you need somebody who can make a split decision a little faster than Dinwiddie, you don't have it. And that is, to me, the biggest issue with this season of the Mavericks. Well, and then it's like... This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. All right, we're all friends here. It's late. I, <laughs> I love watching people be happy. Okay. It's a joy in sports. <laughs> what I do yes. desperately try to like, and I try to get this in. I don't do it as often anymore. I don't want to rain on people's parades. But when I see people that are really excited about Skyrim NPC, McKinley Wright the fourth, and all these, it's like, oh, it's this guy, he could be something. <laughs> no, he can't. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not doing like I, I my our, our our buddy Austin, who used to write at Mavs Moneyball, said that the other day that Jaden Hardy is the second coming of Roddy Bobois. This is not a thing. We have to stop <laughs> with the like there's excitement. And then there's beating the Houston Rockets three times. I just requiring 160 points from Luca to beat them. Like I'm just like, what are we doing? Well, it, it's <laughs> Roddy Babois is a fantastic, uh, fantastic comparison because we have literally nothing exactly, to show. Yo, you're 100 percent right. Austin, I already apologize to you, Austin, my guy. He knows that. Yeah, Austin. I love Austin. Love, love him. To I just, that. It's, uh, I te- I love these people who are just like. Yeah, one of our one of our regular contributors uh, who co- comes in here and does he's not here tonight because he went to bed like a normal person. He's like he told me the other day he's like Kirk in three years James Hardy's gonna be scoring twenty five points a game and I'm like for the Shanghai Sharks like what are we doing? Well, you know I- I'll tell you one thing I'm not gonna go as far I'm not gonna go as mean as you are tired. right now Kirk I'm not gonna go full heel uh, on everybody but I will say. The hope that Jaden Hardy gets to that place yeah. is a healthy mindset for a for an optimistic fan. The idea that he is going to bail everyone out of this season yes. is sort of a joke. And That's I said, right. and, yeah. and, and and that to me is where it's like that is the issue because they're I mean, and and that's why Dallas, you know, tried to get Kemba in there because it's like Kemba's a playmaker kind of like that that you know that, like that that lack of a of of somebody else is really really hurting Dallas and maybe maybe uh Jalen doesn't uh doesn't take Dallas to a championship I have no idea obviously but I do I do I I have come completely on the side of like 
it really is a mistake that Dallas just like let him. Uh, that's not a hot take. Well, let him go. But I like, was... but, but I, I just really, I just really like you. Really can see and feel the effects, and and I don't know why seeing that Luca list game. It was it was watching watching Dinwiddie try to lead that offense was was really hard. Like it was really tough. Like and and like I said, he he plays at the pace of Luca without like any of the decision making skills of Luca. It's, it's like crazy. It's like it, it, you know, just because people say Luca has a slow pace, don't that that's not shouldn't be your takeaway to be like, oh, I gotta I gotta play that slow. It's like no, it's like, it's like the like the he Walgreen sh- brand's toy that is like it's not Iron Man, it's like aluminum man, but it's Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah. So I have no idea. I mean, I'm gonna ask you, like, where do you sit on the grand? question because this this gets you know anytime i tweet a mavs take this gets thrown at me a lot with regards to trade is you know there's a contingency of fans that actually want to look at life beyond luca that actually want to say we should just give up he's walking anyways and we should preserve whatever future we Mm. might have i am of the opinion that you kill your future for the present right now well i mean where do you stand they don't have a future or a present is the problem Okay, no, but like I'm talking about the deep future. Oh, you mean like trading all three picks or something? Yeah, they will. Trade That's what will happen. That's fine. But do you feel – yeah, and I'm for it too. But, I'm, but I'm I mean my challenge is as I've, as I've gone through the team building foibles since 2018, my dumbass has been yeah. more right than the Mavericks. I have a problem with that. I am a schmuck. And- don't say that. But. It's just, it's like, oh, what? there's, you know, you work with, you have spoken with lots of NBA players with what you do for a living. I understand that free agency yeah. is not easy. Team building is not easy. But the Mavericks have a vision of themselves that does not match with reality. The player, the superstar, the Dirk yeah. and the Luka is what defines the Mavericks. The Mavericks do not define that player. It's the nature of the sport. And it's really difficult for some fans to hear that. But when you've done the hard part, you get the top five player in the league. Things become more straightforward, but not necessarily simpler. And they've squandered. I don't even know if that's fair. They have made every move that they have made. Every move that they have made with the one exception, no one's going to like this, is Reggie Bullock. Reggie Bullock might have been yeah. the best signing that they've had in the whole Luka era. It's just, it, that's that's amazing to consider. And so it just, you, you look back at this and people, and I, I, I've i told, you know, your friend and mine, Kevin O'Connor, I'm tired of hearing about how the Mavericks are going to make for the, make for the Drew Holiday trade. The, the, the Bucks traded for the third best player because Chris Middleton is a fucking stud. You have to have a second best player. Yeah. The Mavericks don't have yeah. one. Yeah, and but I'm actually and, and I'm actually kind of worried that that's that is the sort of mentality. Sometimes I mean, like again, like I don't I don't try to claim to know the full difficulties of roster construction, but sometimes I do feel like it's as simple as like, well, we got to get our version of that, and it's like, no, that's not how this works. It's like, what do you have? How do you build around it? And I think that that is that is the part where it's just it's so painful. Yeah. I really think that the Brunson thing is going to go down as 
as just one of the all-time worst things oh, it is. And I have, spent, ever, I, have ever done. And it really took me a long time to get there because I was quite optimistic that, yeah. that it was easy to be a playmaker next to Luca because of the confusion that that can cost. But, but it's not. It's, it's, it's not. And he had the temperament. He had the patience. He had everything he needed to be that sort of person. Yep. And I think those people don't grow on trees. I think they're actually quite rare. Oh, and Luca and, himself admits that he's difficult to play with. Absolutely. And so it's a, it's a really strange thing with, with, uh, with, with the, yeah, the, the Bullock thing and the, and the Christian Wood thing, you know, I know you're not like super high on him, but like you really honestly shouldn't have to be like, this is the, this is the point you made about Hardy. We were talking about Hardy earlier. It's like, you know, I was texting with our friend uh, John Sabine earlier, and he was like, who's your favorite, second favorite Mav? And, and he's like, because I don't really have one. I said, I think it's Dorian Finney-Smith, hands down, no question. The Mavs haven't had a cool player in like 20 years, and they finally have one. Um, but really, it's like all of these guys, you need them to, to exceed expectations in every way. Like all of them. And that's pro- the reason why I love Dorian so much is probably because he's done it most consistently over the last several years. Um, but that's what we need out of wood. We need, I mean, the last guy who was just on basically said the same thing. He needs to be a combination of Shaq and Akeem for this team to have any sort of success. I like, was higher on wood when wood was less important. Exactly. But now he is a key yeah. member. And I feel, I, I mean, like, look, he's getting plenty of, uh, he's going to, you know, he's getting a nice little career resurrection here, but like, my goodness, like, this, this is not a rep recipe for success in Dallas, unless they have some sort of something in the works at the trade deadline, which, you know, I can't remember the last time a, a massive trade deadline trade really swayed much, but. Well, I mean, last year they know. got, they got friggin' um, Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie was the third heat and it made a difference. Yeah. And so it's like, I'm trying yeah, not to take it. I'm trying to we've taken a little a step bit. backwards. We've taken a step backwards yeah. since then. So it's not. It's not. I would say that uh, the Mavs with Brunson, no Dinwiddie, was probably a little bit better than this this version right now. But it's 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 really it's really uh, it's a strange place. But I'm very much in the camp of like you you do everything for the now sure. because th- that there it's what you just talked about. It the difficulty is actually finding the generational star. It's what every freaking roster would dream of doing. And it's like, we did that. So what is the point of preserving the future if your present is here and it's now, you know? And so that's, that to me is, is, is where I land on that. Well, they're going to be fine in some regards because Luka Doncic, who is scoring, he's now passed 1300 points on the season. He's averaging (laughs) 34.2 points per game. Like in all of our time watching Dirk, Every time Dirk scored over thirty, it felt like magic. We watched, we're watching Luca score forty regularly, and it's like, oh my god! He just—I I learned a stat from Dalton Trigg tonight that he has the most forty-point games against the Clippers, passing Kobe Bryant. So that's a fun one. I mean, that's that's insane, and uh, you know, you know, it's crazy too. Just one more thing, because I saw I saw Skin Wade. Uh, tweet this somebody tweeted at him you know do you think the Mavs I think they said something like do you think the Mavs would be a top two seed in the west if they'd kept Brunson and he was like yeah or if they make their free throws and that's how <laughs> crazy it is too not entire, I mean like, strong argument for that yeah that's how crazy that is is that like actually like like the team is not that far off despite all of the issues we've that's discussed true. and I guess the biggest 
the biggest, you know, compliment to the Mavs is, or, you know, the biggest glass half full is, is simply that there's enough parity in the league that really anything can happen. And so when you have a player of that, of that talent, you always have a chance, which is fun. It creates for really, really fun moments and they're really, really great moments but it's like it's like really getting drunk at night you know it's like you're so fucking high and then like middle of the afternoon next day you're like kind of like oh god and that's what it feels like sometimes in these games in these stretches of games where it's like yes the mavericks pulled out an incredible win against the knicks uh we forgot all of the woes that led to that that game winner by the way if it were 2014 i would i would ask yeah. that you make like a, a a mavericks commercial using phraseology like we experienced mm-hmm. during the pandemic like in these uncertain times the, the mavericks have <laughs> luke Doncic. oh god all right man thank you so much for you gotta give out. it like you gotta give it like five more years before we do that Come on. <laughs> <laughs> ah! all right man thanks for hanging out all right, last but not least, we have another friend from across the world. How are you doing, Ivor? How do you say your name? I'm so sorry. Hey, man. So it's half past eight in Slovenia. I watched the game. It's It was pure torture. But the thing that I wanted to talk about is the whole Mavericks organization and the way they're actually conducting their business. And what I'm seeing is they are just dragging their feet, right? Um, From Dirk and his problems, like not getting help the right time. And people say, okay, it's front office, it's coaching, it's players. It's all of it. You know, it's all of it. If you look at their organization, you see when they do draft a really nice number two, and I'm talking about Brunson here, they let him go. And it was not the last GM that made a mistake. It was Donnie, right? So they drafted a guy who had experience winning, actually actually winning something for Villanova, um, who had a dad that yelled at him um, as a way to prepare him to play basketball. So I read an interview with, with Brunson and his family while he was uh, – at college, right? So you got this guy who is psychologically prepared for something and you offer him a contract that makes him free agent, like not a restricted restricted agent, but you know, okay, we'll fuck around and we'll find out. The problem with this is that all the other players, the Mavs are not developing any young players that are of Lucas age. So what are we talking about? Are we going to trade for 30-year-old players all the time when the timeline for Luca is, you know, it's just not right? And the fuck-up with Johnson is uh, there is no hierarchy in this team. That's why they can't play when Luca sits. Yeah. You know, Brunson was the one who actually pulled. Brunson pulled shit because he was the one who suffered through Carlisle and he took it because he was used to it, because he's a goddamn winner. So they finally drafted a guy. Not all the undrafted players that made great effort. Like, I love Dodo. Um, I love Powell. I love 
high effort guys who could actually survive Carlisle, right? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, as as someone from the Balkans who understand this hard ass coaching, you know, it's okay. Hard asses are are fine, yeah. but you know, to play under people like that, it's psychologically draining, and it fucks you up. So I respect players, especially undrafted players like Maxi, like Dodo, who actually went through that grind. And they had to wait for Carly to decide to play them. And Carly was making this mistake as well, right? So we have Josh Green, who had potential. You know, you have to play them. And you have to forgive them for certain things. But now you have Jason Kidd, who is dragging his feet, right? like the whole Mavs organization. So if you see that McGee is not helping, then you have to start playing Wood sooner. Yeah. So we actually spent a third of the fucking season experimenting with putting Reggie Bullock, who was in a horrible funk. It's also putting players in a position where they fail. Right, it's not good for the players. You're fucking them up, and they're good people. Like they're trying. Uh-huh. Maybe they can't do what we expect them to do, right? But the guys are trying. That's that's why it's really hard for me to shit on on this team on on players. Like, right? But, they don't want to miss shots. They don't want to dribble off their feet. They don't want to be put in a position to fail. No. We're missing key players. Everyone is, you know, has to do a job that's one or two steps above what they're capable at the moment, right? So this is something that's not a problem just this year. This has been happening for past few years, right? Yeah. And then you force Reggie, oh, we're going to play you. We're going to play you for quarter of season, a third of season, starting you, just sit him down, Give him a place to start from the bench. You did it last year and start playing uh, green because you need to develop players. If we would be losing games by developing younger players, I would be less pissed than with what we have now, right? And the reason I'm pissed is because I look at the history of the Mavericks for the past, I don't know, six, seven years, and I see, okay, th- these are the same problems happening. And, you know, if you have a guy like Carly who can, you know, pull water from the stone, so to speak, then fine, don't have him anymore. And he has his own problems as well, right? Yeah. So we have certain problems because of the way he was coaching people, right? Because Josh Green was messed up in the head by by his coaching, his type of coaching. He even said it out loud. You know, I was surprised he was so direct, saying, right, it's really nice to actually get an opportunity to have a coach that says, no, 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 I stand by you, go. And mm-hmm. even Jalen had to fight for minutes, right? And the Absolutely. Guy- so, okay, so these are my five cents. Oh, that's that's what I was thinking today because I was majorly pissed watching this game and you know. Well, hopefully you feel I better think- having said it and gotten it off your chest to start your day, and and now you can go about the rest of your day being mildly less annoyed with the Mavericks. Oh, yeah, mildly. 
So anyway, everyone ha have a nice day. Um, thank you for having me, Kurt. No, always appreciate you joining. Thanks so much. Okay. God, one thirty could be worse. Could be better. But, you know, I'm awake. I have an orange theory class in the morning and I have, I have to run a mile as fast as possible. Place bets on whether I die. Not just like finish, just like whether I live, you know, period. All right. Um, thank you so much for, for hanging out till, uh, till the wee hours uh, and of, of the morning with us. As Moneyball has a couple of good posts up in the morning. We have um, Meta Robinson's, basketball's feelings post coming up and she wrote about free throws which i think is pretty applicable i really enjoyed this piece uh, our guy uh mavs draft richard stamen wrote he's been you know writing these mavs draft pieces for us just like looking at local players when he goes and sees that'll be up and then if you missed this column today brett uh brooks um brent what's wrong with me i'm sorry sorry brent i'm tired Brent Brooks has wrote a really good piece about coaching that I think is worth checking out on the site. Um, everybody be good. Have a better Wednesday and we will talk Thursday after the Lakers game. Bye guys. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that unified healing is sponsoring podcasts on the blue wire network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.